Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John, and today is Friday, March the 19th. Today, I'm going to air part two of my interview with some strong women. Sarah Stone Street and Erin Kunkel are my guests today, and we're going to talk about what it means to be a strong woman in the culture and how does God define it. He defines you guys in terms of being everyday heroes. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for listening today. I am excited to have Sarah Stone Street and Aaron Kunkel back on the show with me today. Before we jump into part two of my interview, I want to give a shout out to Sarah from Huron, South Dakota, and Desiree from Victoriaville, California. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. If you guys are interested in supporting this podcast financially, It's your donations that keep us on the air and help us to do the things that God has asked us to do here, and we greatly appreciate that. If you're interested in supporting my run for Congress, you can do that by going to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Lots of really interesting things happening in that run, and I'm going to keep you guys posted as uh, things kind of pick up speed a little bit. Right now, my attention is very much focused on the speaking season, and I am trying basically to do like four jobs. And so we want to just invite you guys into the process. I believe that because of the fact that we live with a representative government, every single one of us needs to be involved. And I hope you guys will be encouraged by the example that I'm trying to set over here by getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. Also want to give a shout out to Allison from Yorba Linda, California and Teresa from Omaha. Thank you guys so much for your financial support of this podcast and for everyone who's praying for it. You're the reason why the Lord is allowing us and using us to get into homes by the tens of thousands every single day and encourage them that what they're doing really does matter. And this really is the message of uh, Sarah Stone Street and Aaron Kunkel. And you guys are going to hear their hearts today as we enter part two of our interview about what it means to be a strong woman. I hope you guys enjoy it. And here it is, part two in progress. Mm, It's so good. I love that you brought up the hymns. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not here to slam contemporary Christian music. So nobody send me nasty emails, but I, <laughs> I, I do think that our modern music is missing that not with everyone, but certainly with a lot of it. And I love that you mentioned that because that's part of how we teach our children theology. Like, what are we singing? You know, how come we can all get in a room together? I mean, even though it's, it's 2021, right. And the nation's on fire, but if you went into downtown Portland right now, and you started singing Amazing Grace, I bet you 90% of the people that walk by would start singing it with you. They know these songs. They're rich in theology. They're rich in the heritage of the people that wrote them. And it's that's kind of an easy way to get theology into your soul, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It, and, and even if you don't go to a church that sings hymns very often, which uh, that's the, the church I go to, we do sing hymns sometimes, but I've made it one of my missions that my children will know some of the great hymns of the church. We have a rich history as believers, and Sarah's done a lot of study in church history, I know. But yeah, we have this rich history as believers, and these old hymns that there's a reason they've lasted hundreds and hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. that churches all over the world, in Europe, in Africa, in America, in Central America, they sing these hymns because 
they're rich with theology and it's a wonderful way to pass down theology to our children. Mm, it is. You guys have made a point over at the Strong Women podcast of talking about women in history and um, and having women on your show, obviously, who have made an impact. Johnny Erickson, perfect example of that. Why do you think it's so important that today's young people, that mothers, especially as we're talking to our daughters, why do you think it's so important that we have examples of women throughout history whose testimonies have stood the test of time that we can point to our children and say, look what God did in her life? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. And what we're finding with the modern day women and also women in history is there is a common thread and that their differences actually highlight the commonality of, like Aaron said, studying God's word. Mm -hmm. praying mm -hmm. like a prayer life. I've been so challenged by some of the women that we've talked about in history and some of the modern day women of just their prayer life. It's really challenged me. Like Elizabeth Elliot, she, she, she journaled so much. We just had a girl on, her name is Ellen Vaughn, and she wrote a biography about Elizabeth Elliott. So we talked a lot about her. And um, Elizabeth Elliott journaled so much. And the thing I loved about it, and the thing that I pointed out to my girls was that she was just so human, you know? I mean, she struggled with the decisions. She struggled with what she felt God was calling her to. And then she ended most of her journal entries by saying something like, but I am yours, Lord, you know, this surrender to to God's will and and ready to walk in it. And I think that's one thing that we can demonstrate by these stories, but also just that God uses all these women, no matter what their giftings are, no matter what sphere of influence that they find themselves like Amy Carmichael is totally different from Corey Ten Boom, which is totally different from, you know what I mean? Like they're they're these amazingly different stories that highlight God's mercy and goodness and also highlight that he cares about these individual people and that he uses people even when maybe they're overlooked by others. And so I think the differences and, and the different time frames that you find these people in actually point to the truth. And that was kind of our idea with these stories is that by telling stories, we are going to see those common threads. We are going to learn how to more closely walk with God through the habits that we see formed in, in these women of all different ages. Yeah. And one thing that Sarah and I know is that we need heroes. We need people that we can look to that can encourage us to get up every day and make a difference and be faithful and demonstrate strength. And when you when you hear stories, like I love to read biographies. It's my favorite type of book mm. to read because biographies help to give me a perspective that I don't have. It gives me perspective. It takes me out of my circumstances, out of my shoes and puts me in someone else's. And it teaches you something, of course, about them, but also about God. And so it expands our imagination of what it can look like to be faithful, to live faithfully. And like Sarah said, yeah, Hannah Moore is quite different than Amy Carmichael. And God called them to different things, one to the mission field in India and one to helping to fight against slavery in England. But they were both smart women who were 
studying theology, who, who knew who God was and knew how God had gifted them to be, and then put them in these circumstances where they were able to have an influence. So I think, you know, knowing women in history is important for us. We have to be kind of tethered to history to know these circumstances, like you said, and our culture is burning around us. Well, the good news is, Christian sister, that this has happened before. Yes. Women have lived in societies that have been burning around them, and they've been able to live faithfully, demonstrate strength, and be a voice for God in amazing ways. And so we don't have to despair when we know history, when we know women, even in present culture time who are doing things, we can think, okay, everything's burning around me, but I don't have to despair. There's hope and there's something I can do, even if it's a little something. Like everyone we interview on the podcast, we purposely don't only interview women who have big platforms or big ministries like a Johnny Erickson Tata. I mean, amazing story. But we also interview women who are just every day choosing to do what is right, what is good, and live in the circumstances they're in. Like one interview was our friend Marie, who has five sons, and two of them are medically fragile. And she's had to perform CPR on both of them. Um, she's almost lost both of them several times. And now who sees what Marie does every day? Her sons do, her husband does, and of course God does, but she doesn't have a platform. But we wanted our daughters, we wanted the women and men who listen to our podcast to see this is faithfulness too. And so anyways, just knowing all these stories is such a good way to broaden what we see as faithfulness to following God. Yeah. And I think that, let me add on to that too. I love that you brought that up, Aaron, because that's, that's the name of your podcast is off the bench, Heidi. And that's like Aaron said, that's a common thread that we find in, in the women that we get to talk to is that they do the next good thing. And one of the things that I love about women that I look up to is the next good thing is not the thing that's going to change the world. It's like, Maybe it leads to that, but it is the next thing in front of them. And I think so often, I would just love to challenge the listeners today. I think so often when we think of making a difference, we we want to jump over our spheres of influence, the things that we're already responsible for. We want to jump over that because that's not noticeable. It's not big or it's not whatever, whatever excuse we have. We want to jump over it and we want to do something huge. But God's calling us to a certain time and a certain place, and we need to look there first. Maybe your spheres of influence will expand or change within time, but but we can't jump over what we're already responsible for. And I think I think that's that's another theme that we see in people that are really making a difference is that they're observing, they have eyes to see the world around them with all of its brokenness, but also all of its beauty. And they're able to look with intention and act with intention to love as Christ loves in their spheres of influence. Well, and I think what you what you just said is a is a very good teaching moment for anyone who's listening to this today and their children are all little. I think this damaging blogosphere, <laughs> this toxic sort of atmosphere that we've seen in the blogosphere, at least I have for the last almost 20 years as a blogger, 
And people sometimes will ask me, why did you start doing that? Well, I did it because I like to write and it helped me get the voices in my head to go away. You know, it was like when the kids would go to sleep at night, you know, I'm trying to figure out the internet. My husband was working and I'm home all day long, you know, with four kids, five kids, six kids, seven kids, you know, I was home with these children. And it was a way for me to sort of just unwind a little bit. Like some people like to cook and some people like, I just like to write. It's just how I unwind or how I used to unwind. And as I'm listening to you talking, it's reminding me of something really important that an older woman said to me when I was in my twenties and my thirties. And she said, do not neglect what's in front of you right now for what you see might be in front of you in the future. In other words, he who is faithful with little can be trusted with much. And I think motherhood in particular, the world has really reduced it to little more than a stopover on the highway to something else. But it's so much more than that. It is so much more. And I believe with all my heart that uh, the mothers who are listening to this right now, especially those of you with young children, and I'm by young children, I just mean children who are still at home, you are shepherding a very special generation of children. And it requires a very special generation of women. It requires a very special generation of mothers and influencers in the lives of those children. We can't pass on what we don't possess, which takes us back to the importance of studying the word, of knowing the word, because we can't pass on the truths of God's word unless they're buried deep in in our own hearts. Mm -hmm. And just to uh, encourage the women who are listening to this, if you're home with little kids right now and you feel like what you're doing is amounting to a big nothing, that's the enemy. He's lying to you to make you think that what you're doing is insignificant. It's the world that lies to us and says, well, you have to have a platform to be significant. That's not true. It's not true. And as my kids are getting older, you know, two of our kids are married and my daughter Savannah has three, three little ones. I, I told my husband one day, I said, all of this time I was watching Savannah just correcting her, her little ones. And I looked at Jay and I said, all of this time I thought, I'm raising Savannah. And really what I was doing was raising a mother for those little boys. And all of the tears that I cried and all the times that I felt like maybe no one saw what I was doing, God was shaping me and he continues to do it. And I think he's doing it through the sacrificial things that we do every day. I love that you said that you guys are focused not just on people with platform, which is not a bad thing, right? I'm not saying saying platform is bad, but just that God sees all of it and we, and when we all do what God's asked us to do and we remain faithful in the roles that he's given us, that's where we start to see real change happen in the culture. Yeah. And I love that encouragement to moms that, yeah, Sarah and I are, <laughs> are in that boat and stage of, of being at home with kids. And I think we can lose sight as women who who are in that role of staying home with kids at this time. I mean, we definitely just deciding to do that is countercultural. Yes. You know, you you are not going to get support for that decision in the culture. So if you are in that role, you've got to find other places to get encouragement because you won't get it just from the general culture. I think yeah. you start with scripture for that encouragement. And then and then you need other women and other men who will encourage you in that because, yeah, it, I mean, there just isn't a value on children. And so which is so different than the Lord. I mean, to think about how valuable our role is and what honor it is to raise children and what an effect we get to have, like you said, Heidi, on our kids' lives. I mean, we just have no idea what we're preparing 
our kids to do. Like you think about a woman like Corey Ten Boom and how her mother and father, as they raised her in Bible study every night and singing hymns and all this all this stuff they exposed her to and taught her, they had no idea they were preparing this amazing woman to not only live through a Nazi concentration camp with her faith still intact, but then to travel around the world and lead thousands and thousands of people to him. And I, I was thinking of this not too long ago, another mom was talking to me and she was just feeling discouraged home with four kids and she was crying and just being vulnerable and saying, I always thought I would go on the mission field and bring people to the Lord and have this big impact. And I just feel really stuck at home. And I, I of course, empathized with her. You know, I said, I know that can be discouraging, but I told her, don't lose sight of the mission field that is right in front of you. You have four little souls that you can have an incredible influence on who going out on the mission field. I mean, there's just no way you can have the influence over that many people the way you can with those little souls that you have growing up in your home. And it's an incredible privilege. And this is a stage, right? Like we only get our kids for a little bit of time and then they're out and they're gone and then a different season comes for us. So even not being short-sighted and thinking this is all, quote unquote, all your life's going to be, actually you get this privilege for a little bit and then your kids go off <laughs> and it's it ends up being just a season. It's hard to see that when you're in the midst of diapers and tantrums and and all the things we do as moms at home. But um, But the Lord values this stuff greatly and the culture doesn't. So we should expect that we're going to be discouraged if we're just looking outside <laughs> for affirmation for what we do and for what we value. That's true. And as we, I want to, uh, in the few minutes we have left, Sarah, I'm going to turn the the conversation. I'm going to pivot a little bit. That's that theme, right, of 2020. We just yes, pivot every we time we turn around. What are we doing today? We're pivoting. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking about strong women and something that's really bothering me, and I really want to get your guys' take on this. But I am very concerned with the Equality Act that's going through, you know, gone through now the House of Representatives. And obviously, uh, you know, if that thing goes through the Senate, we're in we're in so much trouble. It's almost incomprehensible how much trouble we're going to be in. But as we think about that in the context of strong women, we are being called now to be strong in defending things that we never thought we would have to defend, mm -hmm. right? The right of a woman to have her own space in the bathroom, the mm -hmm. right of a, of a woman to be strong enough to say, no, I'm sorry, you're a dude and I'm not going to compete with you in football or weightlifting or whatever it is she's choosing to do. And we're having to raise our young girls today with a completely different warrior sort of like mentality just to stand for basic things that, you know, that it's shocking to me. I mean, we can talk about this all day long, right? It's shocking to me that we're where we are, but it doesn't even matter how we got here now because we're here. Because we're here. <laughs> so what is the message then for the moms? Because there are a lot of moms listening to this, right? And there are a lot of grandmothers, you know, listening to this and they're going, how can I encourage my daughter to be able to stand on her own and speak the truth, not her truth, because we know mm -hmm. there's not such thing as your truth and my truth, right? Right. But to speak the truth as we know it, starting with 
basic things like like male and female and not being relegated to the corners of the culture. What does what is going to be required of women today to be strong as we see this onslaught of what can only be described as almost a spiritual, my husband called it a spiritual insanity, right, that we're dealing with. And so what do you see as the way that we can equip our children, our daughters in particular, to stand in the face of this? Yeah, I've got a couple thoughts on that. One, back to the transgender stuff. Um, Glenn Stanton wrote an article where he basically calls transgenderism the new patriarchy because they're trying to take out the words of women and basically do away with what it even means to be a woman. And I'm, Aaron and I are both reading Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier right now, oh, which yeah. is so mm-hmm. disturbing. But just, you know, they're even rewriting history to say that these strong women like Joan of Arc and Sally Ride and all these different strong women were actually gender confused because they weren't stereotypical women. Where are the feminists? I'd really like to know. That exactly. They're going to tear each other up. But here's what I would say about preparing your kids because one of our guests Elisa Childers said, "You are your kids. Like you needed to let your kids know that you are the worldview minority, right?" And so, um a couple things that come to mind are to have a worldview big enough, like let's take these questions. Let's, let's wrestle with them. Don't like I told my girls just the other day, they were talking about a friend of theirs that was struggling with doubts. And I said, listen, no doubt is to be shoved down. Like bring it out. Like let's wrestle, let's wrestle with it. And that also means that you as a mom need to be continuously learning and model that for your kids that like we are still learning. Like, hey, I don't know the answer to that, but let's dig in together. Like Abigail, my oldest and I are reading a thing by Cornelius Planiga about sin because she had some questions about sin. I said, let's dig in. And so a worldview big enough, and of course, we know that Christianity is big enough to handle these things, a mentor. And I would say that you as the mom are, and the dads are the first mentor. So you need to be modeling. It's more more of a come and see the goodness of the Lord, basically. And so, so modeling for your kids. And then also a community. I call it the, the what you meet me too kind of community, like what you, me too, like the CS Lewis kind of thing, like a community, which of course is the church. And Steve Garber has this wonderful book called Fabric of Faithfulness. And he did a study about kids that did not walk away from the faith because, you know, there's all these numbers and statistics and people say, well, what did we do wrong? And he said, well, let's think about what we did right. And he found that the kids that walked and grabbed onto the faith for their own had these three things, a worldview big enough, mentors, and a community of like-minded believers. And so I think that's where we start. And then we teach them that they are a worldview minority. So it's going to, it's going to involve courage. And they, and I think even at the little ages, we need to start talking to them about how to have eyes to see. So like simple things when your kids are little, like before you go get a cookie after church, you need to go say hello to three older people in our congregation. And here's how you talk to an adult. I always had like three things that my kids needed to know in order to talk to an adult. You need to look them in the eye, answer in complete sentences, and ask a follow-up question and stay till the end of the conversation. And so even little, even when they were little, actually one time 
Anna, my, she's now 13, but she was like four. So I, we were about to walk into this building and I knew there'd be adults. And I said, don't forget, this is how you talk to an adult. And so we walk in and Anna says, hi, you know, she answers the questions. Then she's about to ask the follow-up question, but the lady says, well, how old are you? And Anna says, I'm four. And then she's going to ask the follow-up question. How old are you? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. so that, was, that was pretty funny, but I don't know. Those are the first cu- couple things that come to mind. Mm, well, and I think too, as you're training your children, it's like what you were saying a minute ago, Aaron, you were like, well, this is the training ground that you're in right now. And I loved that you focus on the fact that it's a season and it really is a season. Well, Heidi's in the season for a really long time because there's like 20 years spread between my oldest and my youngest. I'm in the perpetual season of perpetually mothering. But it's interesting to me to note that with each new decade of my life, the Lord is moving us into a different, we're doing something different. And I have learned. And I think just in watching my own children, and I'm, I'm not going to say that's wrong. I haven't learned. I am learning because I think there are moments when I'm just like, wow, I, I screwed that up. You know, I thought I had it right, but wow, look at that. I, you know, that was a colossal failure. And to, to be able to tell women, listen, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up in your child training. You're going to mess up in your example that you're trying to set for your kids. You're going to mess up. You're going to get it wrong. And it's okay to get it wrong. It's okay to it's okay to say, okay, I'm trying so hard to model this for my kids. I wanted so much to be Corey Ten Boom or that Joan of Arc or that Sarah Stone Street, you know, or that Erin Kunkel. <laughs> I wanted to be. I so much wanted to be like her. And instead, I'm in a fetal position behind my bathroom door, and I had a bad day, you know. <laughs> yes. But to say, hey, you know what? The enemy wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to feel defeated. He doesn't want you to feel like a strong woman. He wants you to feel like you're weak and like you've somehow missed the boat on God's calling in your life. And nothing could be further from the truth. The Lord works in weakness. He works in our weakness. He is resolutely committed to His own glory, and He gets glory through our weakness, not through our strength. And so I I love what you guys are doing. I love that you're encouraging women to be strong in the Lord, to know who they are, to study God's word, as the Apostle Paul said, right? To show yourself an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed and who can rightly divide the word of God. We have never needed it more than we need it right now. God's word, that lamp to our feet and that light to our path, that is where our strength comes from. It will come from walking in right relationship with the Lord. You guys are doing an awesome thing. Where can people find you? Um, any pod, anywhere they get their podcasts or where they listen to your podcast, they can just uh, look up the strong women podcast and on any app. And then also on our website, colsoncenter.org slash strong women, and they can find our podcast there too. Well, you guys are awesome. Sarah and Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I cannot wait to see what God does with you as you encourage women to really walk out the calling that ha- that God has on their lives. It's such an encouragement to me. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks. Thank you, Heidi. For more information on the Strong Women Podcast, you can go to the show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.